Before we begin this episode, I'd like to take just a moment to say that if you are grieving the loss of a loved one, then you may be sensitive to the content of this episode. We will be talking about death and the many theories about what happens to us after we die. We do not intend to offend, only to explore the subject. Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Real people, real stories, real talk. Welcome back, realists. Today we are exploring the question, what happens after you die? This week we're going deep with a real conversation about exactly that. You'll see that we both have very different opinions that stem from sources all over the board. We know this might be a controversial topic, but we want to have an open-minded discussion as friends and fellow humans who will, at some point, become part of the story ourselves. So let's begin on a lighter note, as usual, by touching base and catching up from last week. Heather, what do you have going on this week? Well, Kelly, I actually went out of town this past weekend. I went up to Portland, which I haven't really been up to since before the pandemic, and That's exciting. I did, it was. I did all outside stuff. I'm happy to report that Portland has not been burned to the ground by Antifa. Good. Um, it actually looks completely the same to me as it always has. There's slightly less people on the street, but other than that, I don't, I don't actually see what people are so um, concerned about as far as it being like hell on earth, quote. Were people <laughs> but, wearing masks? Yes, everybody was wearing masks everywhere. Awesome. I saw joggers wearing masks, bikers wearing masks. I mean, literally everybody was wearing a mask all the time. Cool. So yeah, I mostly was just doing stuff outside. <clears throat> Went to the Japanese garden, which was gorgeous. I'd never that been there. That place is great. Definitely want to go back alone and meditate. I saw some awesome spots in different areas that looked perfect for meditation. So I was thinking... Mm -hmm. Maybe sometime in the future, I'll have the opportunity to go there alone and um, like on a weekday when it's really not crowded and just sit there and meditate. It just felt amazing, like very serene and spiritual. So uh, and yeah, then sure. I went to Powell's Books. I only had to stand in line for a half an hour. The line literally wrapped like all the way around the building. Wow. Just to get into Powell's. And that's my favorite place in Portland to go. So anyway, I finally got in and um, I found a book that I did not know existed and now is my new favorite thing in the world. It's called okay. Horror Stories. So really appropriate for Halloween. But horror? It's hor horror or horror? Horror. 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 <laughs> Why is that word so weird now? <laughs> horror. Horror. Uh, okay. It's a memoir by Liz Fair. Okay. Remember of her? 90s fame? Of 90s fame. Well, anytime I'm with She's my... really cool, though. She's awesome. Like, and she's this, a cool person, this I think. I mean, I've heard. She's... I'm, I don't know anything about her as a person. But let me tell you, the book is awesome. It's... A memoir but it focuses on some of like the worst moments of her life like those things you see and you can't unsee and stick with you mm -hmm. forever um and and she comes at it from a perspective of it being sort of the fuel for her writing and music Ooh. and so, so appropriate I, name appropriate title yeah horror stories is really uh exactly what the book is about it's like her own mm -hmm. personal horror stories the chapter I just read was her um, description of the birth of her first child, hmm. which was horrific. <laughs> I didn't even know she had kids. Yeah, she's Interesting. married. Kids. Um, cool. but anyway, and I have to say that because she was a musician that I loved so much back during my teenage developmental years, reading a story from her voice feels like hearing it from an old friend. And that's a really mm. unique feeling to have when reading a book I'm and I'm yeah. just so 
thoroughly enjoying it. So it's going to be a pretty quick read. I think I'll probably get through it pretty fast and then I'll get back to my other less exciting and interesting book about um, President Trump. So, but I want to let you guys know, uh, definitely worth checking out um, Liz Fair Horror Stories. Okay. I'm totally writing it down to put yeah, on my list, to. my never ending list. Cool. Even if you've never heard of her, it's, it's just a great book all around. And certainly you wouldn't need to know who she is to enjoy what she's got to say. That sounds like it would be good in an audiobook. Mm-hmm. I think she released a version that had her reading it. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's still available. It might've been a limited time only thing. Well, I'll check so. it out. I only like audiobooks when they are memoirs or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So that's cool. I will definitely check that out. Awesome. Um, so what's new with you? I, well, first off, I want to correct myself from last week. I was telling you about my nail polish that I bought from the Comet Vomit Polish place on Etsy. Mm-hmm. And I told you that the name of it was Intergalactose Intolerance. And then I, for real, all week could not stop thinking about how I needed to get back on this podcast so I could tell you it's actually just called Galactose Intolerance, not <laughs> Intergalactose Intolerance. Oh, well, so, both are good I tried. <laughs> So I tried the other nail polish that I got from her, which is a black matte and it's Mm -hmm. called dark matter and it has like orange, um, glitter, like eco-friendly glitter stuff in it. And I've never tried a matte nail polish before, but I've always wanted to. And Mm -hmm. it is my favorite thing in the whole world. It is like, all I want to do now is buy every nail polish on this website because I feel like these two nail polishes specifically, because one is one is black and one is is white and they both have little specks of color in them and mm-hmm. i feel like this woman took my personality and put them into two separate nail polishes and now wow. i get to wear them all the time and it's my favorite thing um so that's, that's happening so have you ever thought of doing like a alternating look like black white black white on i have done that and then i did that i did the crazy thing where i did just like one nail one color (gasps) and then I did like each nail I I've done it you know um no one even noticed but me (laughs) which is fine because you do it for yourself anyway um that said I think I'm a little bit too OCD to really enjoy that in a proper way so I support it for others not myself so I also bought this um I was okay I went to the the store and I was looking for an exfoliant and mm-hmm. I did not find any sort of exfoliant of my dreams. So I'm going to like go back to that shine skincare company on Etsy to get some of that. But I did buy this kale charcoal foaming facial detox bar from Pacifica and I love Pacifica. Ooh, um, yes. They're 100% vegan and cruelty free. And this is, t- is for blemish prone and oily skin types. And so I need that right now for my mask knee for sure. Gotcha. Um, and it has kale and charcoal in it. I said that already, but I'm trying to read the box because I want to tell you everything about it. Anyway, I've only used it for a couple of days. I really like it. Now, it makes my skin feel super clean. We'll see if it does anything for like blemish stuff. And then, last but not least, I started reading this book called Cast, The Origin mm. of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson. Apparently, it was an Oprah Book Club book. I had no idea. It is really intense. It's super hardcore, really intense, and talks about how, like, the Nazis got their their ideas from, like, us and, like, slavery in the U.S. Mm. with regard to how to control people and stuff. I'm not there yet. I'm only a few pages in, but I heard Chelsea Handler talk about it on another podcast, and I was like, whoa, that sounds like an intense book. I got to pick that up Um, because I feel like I'm going to learn some things. Yeah, so. it sounds like it. <clears throat> well, keep us updated because I'm very interested to hear what, Will do. what's going on with that. Um, I also had a really quick skincare update. Um, mm-hmm. I have been using the Alike face cleanser I got now for a few weeks. And I mm-hmm. have to say my least favorite thing about pump face wash dispensers is that there's always a bunch at the bottom that you just never can get out. And it's just a huge mm-hmm. waste. And when you're spending $70 on a bottle of 
face wash, that's a huge amount of skincare product to leave in the bottle. Mm -hmm. So this product has a bottom that as you squeeze from the top, the bottom is lifting up. So it's pushing the product up. What? Yes. That's where that money's going. That's right. Totally (laughs) worth it. But I'm excited to see if it really does squeeze out every drop. So I will update you on the bottle what happens. But that's, for me, a huge win. Um, I was a little disappointed to see them using a pump bottle style, but I didn't recognize that it wasn't like the straw going to the bottom of the bottle, which is a flawed design and always, I think, was created to leave product at the bottom and force you to buy more before you've even used everything in a bottle. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I actually have. All right. So I'm going to simultaneously rep for something and bash it. Nice. So I am using this Hemp's, I think it's H-E-M-P-Z lotion. It's one of my favorite lotions. If you buy it at Target, it's like 20 bucks. If you buy it on Amazon, it's 10 bucks. Hmm. I have no idea. It was kind of like a random purchase. And now I buy it anytime, like I'm getting something from Amazon, which isn't, which is pretty rare. But yeah, um, it's the best lotion ever. It smells amazing. It makes my skin so soft and wonderful. And same problem. Like it's a pump thingy and Mm -hmm. it's nearly impossible to get out the last third of the lotion. So you just have to turn it, pull off the top, turn it upside down and like bang it on your hand forever. And that's so annoying and it takes away all of the joy. Yeah. 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 And you also bought me a bottle of hemp's lotion, which sits right next to my... Yeah, for Christmas last did you, year. And did you like it? I do. It sits right next to the couch, and it's my living room go-to lotion I naturally have. Much like ChapStick, you have bathroom mm-hmm. lotion, living room lotion, bedroom lotion. Yes. You know, like purse ChapStick, car ChapStick, bedroom ChapStick. For it's sure. to have moisturizers strategically located throughout the different zones of your life. Absolutely. Yeah, I I forgot I got you that. Yeah, Yeah. and I got you that because I liked it so much, and I was just hoping that you would get a miracle bottle that didn't do that. We'll see. I'm only like halfway through it because, like I said, I'm I have lots of lotions, so it's only getting you know used one fourth of the time. So, but so far I really like it. It's got a nice smell, and it feels good. Yeah, yeah, it's right. Did did I? There's like a blue one that a tealish one that I really (laughs) really like. Okay, cool. A light greenish blue. All right. So go out and get you some of that, but then know that you'll have to probably transfer it into another bottle. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right. So are we ready to get into this week's big topic? Yes. So Kelly, I have to tell you, I feel like I've been preparing my entire life for this moment. I have been honestly researching, studying, pondering the topic of what happens to you after you die. Most of my life, uh, being Mm -hmm. raised by grandparents who talked about dying all the time, they were prepping me for it every moment since I was a child. And and now I I have come to some set of opinions. (laughs) And I'm dying to share those with you. (laughs) I am dying. Dying? Maybe I don't mean dying. I can't wait to hear them. (laughs) So I don't think we could start any discussion about the afterlife without first starting at what to me feels like the most logical place. And I'd say that because it's very much akin to the religious beliefs I was brought up with. And Kelly, I know you were too, since we grew up in the same church. And that is heaven and hell. And certainly, um, I'd say the first decade of my life was spent sort of beating in a fear of hell, mm-hmm. hence a fear of behaving a certain way uh, and going there. And then this quest to behave in another way that was guaranteed to end you in the good place, which is heaven. Right. And, uh, and I've really struggled for most of my life with that view of of the afterlife it just feels wrong to me you know mm-hmm. and um and the older i get the more i recoil at the phrase when i die and i'm reunited with my loved ones mm-hmm. because i 
just feel like it's an unrealistic expectation to have. Maybe we are. I hope I'm wrong. But to me, it just doesn't make sense that we all continue on in our projected versions of our physical bodies, carrying around the memories of our past life. And we go on an eternity like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. I've struggled and I've searched and I've done a great deal of research, which is why I really was excited about talking about this today, because I have spent so much time researching different beliefs about the afterlife and trying to come up with something that I could believe in that really resonated with me. And I also want to say, some people say, why do you bother thinking about this? Why waste your time? You're not right. going to know until you die. And when you die, then you'll know. And that's true. I have to right. agree. It's true. However, the way or what happens when you die heavily influences many people's lives while they mm-hmm. are alive. You know, you think about religious faiths that believe that the more you suffer in life, the greater the reward. So they literally spent their entire lives going without and, and enduring agony because they truly believed that they were going to get a reward at the end. That to me is a very dangerous set of beliefs Mm -hmm. to have. I don't want to do anything that is all about some attaining some reward that I cannot see, prove. There's no evidence that I can tangibly hold that says that's 100% guaranteed waiting for me and validates me making these choices on earth. So that's why I think this topic is very important because I do think it informs the way we live. I think that what we think is going to happen when we die is very, very important on a daily basis to how we treat other people. Because if you believe that you're going to be rewarded with heaven, if you're good to other people, then most times I think people then try to do that. So they get rewarded Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, If you believe that there's nothing coming and it doesn't matter at all, you might feel inclined to be very cruel to people because you don't feel there's any, um, you know, judgment day coming. Right. So So I hear you, but I do, I do also want to throw out an alternate to that one. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, the flip side of that is that if you don't believe that anything is coming after this, perhaps you are more apt to, in a positive way, and this is just me being positive, live sure. in the moment and be present in like a very Buddhist Zen way. Yeah. And like a very, you know, well, if nothing's coming after this, I want to make this the best mm-hmm. life I have. Yeah. And I have to say that I think it's important to some extent to live your life like that, Mm -hmm. but on the positive, that Mm -hmm. there is no guarantee that you get something after you die. There's a hope. I have a lot of hopes about what I want to happen when I die, but I'm not going to live my life thinking that that's a guarantee. I'm going to live my life like this is all I've got every day. And I think the purpose to the best of my knowledge of us being on earth is to try to make it a good place for each other. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I can't, you know, comprehend anything greater than that. My mind is a limited place. And so, so that's what I think are the guiding principles, be good to other people and live every day. Like this is all you've got. Um, but in a way that's good, I was just making the point that it can mm-hmm lead to some people being for sure destructive right well very selfish and following mm-hmm. ego yeah um so no heaven and hell for you that's out i i mean i really love the concept of heaven and i mean i got fingers crossed on both hands i hope that in the end i am a, a saved christian by all accounts i have tried to be a good person i try to follow what is the right way to live by most people's standards. And so, yes, I do hope that there is this gorgeous place and that I'm reunited with all of my family members. Like I said, I'm just not putting all my eggs into that one basket. Mm. I hear you. Um, I'm not a heaven and hell person either. I must Mm. say it's, uh, it's just, again, the way that, that you say it's never felt right to you. I will say to me, it just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't fault anyone who believes that it does. 
but it just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't think that we all have to believe the same thing. I don't even believe that, you know, what I believe, like, if I believe something happens to me, that doesn't mean that this, that, that same thing happens to you. Like mm-hmm. different things can happen. I have no idea how it works. I also um, hope that no clue person gets whatever they hope they get. Right. If I could have a wish, I would wish that every person was granted what they want the afterlife to be like. Hmm. And maybe that what we want, what we need. <laughs> and that's true too. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I I did a lot of research for this podcast. That said, most of it has gone through my head and then gone right out of it. But I do want to mention <laughs> I do want to mention these things because while I was doing while I was looking this up, um, because I really wanted to get a sense of you know what do what are people believe what are the options for this what are the options out there for like what could happen what are people talking about and I like options so let's hear some I know I think it's fun so I found this this one thing on it's a hasty reader article called eight non-religious afterlife theories that I thought was were really cool some of them I if I've heard of them I can't remember and so they were very interesting to me so the first one I think is is pretty pretty you know we've heard we've heard of it we have a soul that exists on after death so that makes sense to me I don't I think that um soul is a word that you know some people don't like to use some people prefer the word soul I for me it's energy Mm. um and that actually you know meshes with more of kind of what I believe Um, And what I've come to is, you know, that we are all these bits and particles of energy that just go into energy. Mm -hmm. Um, Thoughts? So that's where I'm at too, Kelly. I've explored everything and I'm 100% on board. The only thing that we can prove is that energy is never lost or gained, right? That's scientifically proven. It is science. As you can prove anything in science. Mm-hmm. So what we know is that our bodies have energy. We're moving around. Organs are pumping blood and other things through our bodies. That's energy. That energy mm-hmm. has to go somewhere. And whether there's mm-hmm. a soul uh, in that body, I think is up for debate. Uh, I hope that there is. I'd like to believe that there's more to a human than just um, a physical body. Um, are the energy particles and the soul connected? Can they go other places? Can the energy get absorbed into something else and the soul go on and be in heaven or be reincarnated? Now that's where it gets trickier and harder right. to have clear cut distinctions. But what I can say is that that energy from my body is going into something else. Something, which I think is the law of conservation of energy. Something like um, that. Yeah, that says that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some scientists would say that that energy just gets turned into Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm okay I, with that. I'm okay with being... I am too, but then explain auras to me. I can't explain right. auras. Like, I, think there's just really, too- I want to say you put me on the spot with that, because if I'd have been prepared, <laughs> I might have actually just explained auras to you because trees have auras if you had read Mm -hmm. kelly the celestine prophecy you would know everything has an aura so right but that's what i'm saying like there's there's more to us than just what we're seeing yeah so to say will our bodies turn into something else yeah cool but there's more to us than just our bodies and even science says that so um so yeah for me again I'm with you on that like I do think it's very tricky when you get into well where all is that energy going I don't know everywhere can you be everywhere what are you like God are you like all the places at one time maybe why not why not um but so that's where I'm at 
and I could, you know, talk about that for hours, but I won't because I want to talk about these these different options because I feel like we all should get options, right? Yes. So here's another one. When you die, you instantly reincarnate. And of course, this is not like not everybody thinks you instantly reincarnate. Mm-hmm. Some people think that you go through a process. Some people I mean, a lot of religions believe in reincarnation. A lot of people who are not religious believe in reincarnation. I believe in reincarnation. I also believe that you go into the ether. So yeah. I do think that you can be reincarnated and also be out everywhere. So that's fascinating. And that's a lot of stuff happening at once. But and- you have a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. Like say your energy is one, say you have 100 energies. Okay. okay. So maybe 80 of those energies go out into the ether and 20 of those energies go and are reincarnated. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe two of those energies are, are ghostly bits walking around. I don't think, like, I think there are so many possibilities. And I think that, like, this tiny little little meat suit that we're in is not really indicative of, like, everything that's going on with us. And so I think that, like, when we die, we just, like, burst into all this, this all the energies. And we can just be everywhere and do all the things. So I think you can... Thus far, with our with all of our options, I'm saying you can do all of them that's, at the same time. That's a great, great answer because I had I had been stuck on picking one and knowing that one isn't. Uh, I can't pick just one, right? You can I, be anything. You are the universe. I like it. I like this. So you know, multi. We are all made of stars. Multi personality ghost disorder. Mm-hmm. which is totally going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right. I want to talk about this one because I feel like I've heard of this, but I don't remember this. All right. It's called The Egg. It's a story by Andy Weir. Is that his name? Weir? Wire? I don't know. We- Weir, Weir makes sense to me. It's Weir. But listen, this is what they say. Um, in the egg, if you've never read it, I guess there are a bunch of short stories. I don't know. The dead man learns that he is in fact, every human who has ever lived and will ever live. He is both Jesus and every one of his apostles, Abraham Lincoln and his killer, John Wilkes Booth. The short story doesn't use the word soul, but the idea is close to it. Instead of each human having their own soul, we all share the same one, except that it's reincarnated in billions of versions from the past, present, and future. Hmm. Um, I'm down with that. To me, that goes along with my you can do all the things. Yeah. Um, I like it. We, I mean, I like the idea that we are all one. And by being all one, I think I've talked to you about this before. Like I used to be um, really into Kabbalah, which is Jewish mysticism. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm still into it. Um, And the idea is that at one point we were all part of this light and then the big bang happened and then we all separated. And like our whole goal is to get back to the light, which is essentially like eradicating the ego. Um, And so in that, we all started out as one thing and we're still all one thing. We're just like, we think that we're separate, but we're not. So this to me is interesting. I like this, this egg thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Never heard of I'm it. I'm not, I'm not against it. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying you want to be the egg, you go be the egg too. Maybe that's what the Beatles were talking about. <sighs> They're the walrus. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you be the egg or the walrus and in heaven and reincarnate. I mean, yeah. you know, cause you are John Lennon. Exactly. Okay. Now here's this uh, Nietzsche's eternal return. This is um, now this one, this one I'm a little bit problematic with, but we'll talk about it. So the idea is you've already lived the exact same life an infinite number of times in the past and will continue to live the exact same life an infinite number of times in the future. So it's like Groundhog Day. Uh, Yeah, I'm not against this idea um i guess the the problem is is that the only way that would be fun is if that in a parallel life you know what you're doing and so you can kind of choose like you know Mm -hmm. 
that leads to our, our simulation thing, which is next. <laughs> Letting you know. Um, I, I don't like this one. I'll just say that. I don't like it. It yeah. To me, it seems, uh, I, why? But, uh, you know, it maybe, just seems like that's what happens. Things. It's such a philosopher answer to this question. Mm-hmm. You have lived infinite. <laughs> like, there's no beginning or end or middle. That's, yeah, that's so philosophy for you. Isn't it fun that you can go to school? You can pay like thousands and thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to go to school just to like think about things, to just be, a, you can be a philosopher. Yeah. And that's like well, your job. Well, you can get paid to <laughs> philosophize and then teach people to philosophize about things. Don't know and that's your job. Getting paid for that. Uh, the only philosopher majors I ever met were working as receptionists. I feel like I met a lot of them because when I was in college, I went through several, <laughs> quite a few different majors. And um, yeah, I think you I have to be a, a professor. Yeah, you You're... or a writer. Yeah. Um, I guess you can't just be Depends a on how poor thinker anymore. Be, I guess. Mm. So. Yeah. I guess that's that's not for modern times. Yeah. No philosophy for modern times. Yeah. I would have majored in philosophy. I actually had a philosophy professor in college pull me out after class and, and tell me I was like a gifted philosopher. He was like so impressed by this paper. And I'm like, I'm not switching my major to philosophy. That's the most pointless thing ever. So I switched it to sociology, mm-hmm. which would be possibly the second most point. I was going to say my major was sociology and that is the most pointless. Philosophy would have been fun because then at least I could have, everybody knew that I knew yeah. that it was pointless, you know. <laughs> With so sociology, cool. it was more just like, well, it was the easiest one left Yeah. after I went through all the others. Yeah. All right. So then that leads us, of course, to the universe is a simulation um i i mean i so what what does that okay. have to do with the afterlife though so if the universe is a simulation then there is no afterlife because well, we were just simulated or... look if you want to go to this hasty reader site okay they got they have like a whole situation happening with this one okay there are diagrams oh there are I like diagrams. what happens if the people running the simulation are inside the simulation and then they die too Oh, like what? Ha- oh, I don't. Hmm. There's a lot going on here. You'd have to ask Elon Musk. Okay. I don't know. Um, it it just makes me think of the Truman Show. Hmm. Interesting. It um, reminds me of that movie, The Cube. I don't know if you've ever watched. It was sort of a no. I know what movie you're talking yeah. about, though. But I think so. I guess if 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 it's a simulation, then we're not real anyway so it doesn't matter so is it like the matrix kind of a simulation i don't think you get to take a pill though i think it just is a simulation unless you're in the simulation and then coming out all right yeah i mean i guess like if if anyone listening to this believes in this simulation thing um hit us up with some information about it and tell us what what it is exactly that you believe because it's um Already, I can tell you, not my thing. That said, I can tell you, okay, why not? Sure. Hey, we like options, remember? Not hurting me. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, see, I like this one. This one, again, this one to me is my thing. When you die, you transform from something into everything. Yeah, see, that was one of your things. I like this. This is my thing. Yeah. This is like the butterfly. Like, Mm. you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Who knows what happens? I like this one a lot. I really do. It just sounds so, and again, to me, it sounds, I think that, I think that people like to go back to the heaven and hell thing because, well, obviously they like to go to the heaven thing and then they like to assume that the people that they hate or that are bad are going to get punished because in life, a lot of times people aren't punished. Yeah. Um, So, but I think it's just a very comforting thought you know, believing in heaven. I don't even know that it's necessarily always like a, a religious or a spiritual thing, even though that's how the context in which we, we talk about it. I think it's just very comforting to think, okay, well, when this is over, it's not really over. And then I go to this place and it's going to be great. And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, I kind of more like the idea that, uh, this is just a part of the process. Mm. Like that being a human is just like, 
you know, the larva stage of our journey. Um, And then the next stage, while it may be scary to think about, because anything unknown is scary, I think it's also exciting and it can be exciting to think, Ooh, what if the next stage is way cooler? You know, I would like to believe, and sort of, this is where I've settled that whatever it is, there's no way my mind can comprehend it. And I wouldn't want to limit it mm-hmm. by it being comprehensible totally. by the human mind. So I'm hoping for something great. I'm stacking my deck just in case there's nothing. But I don't want to limit it and say, because what if it is you get to create it, you know, which is sort of the what dreams may come. Uh, oh, yeah. After, you know, that you create and it can be bad if you commit suicide and it can be very good, you know, and, and it's not as strict as a heaven and hell necessarily, but it's more like different planes. Um, yeah, so. I think that idea is a little bit scary to me because our minds are so fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, you were just talking about that movie and, you know, I think about like, being in that deep dark place of like suicide and and like you know or what if you were murdered or what it you know and it's just like Mm -hmm. I I don't want to base my entire eternity on like a fleeting moment and fleeting being like even an entire lifetime if we're talking about eternity Mm -hmm. like it's real like it's a real thing then I don't want like Mm, but I, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm open because I mean, I guess you could obviously like if, if you could change things on earth, you could change things anywhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And I'm sure I that mean, there's more than just earth too. Like we're talking about earth, like it's all there is, but I'm sure that, you know, there's a whole universe and other universes and like, yeah. Well, I think that movie, what dreams may come is so important to me because when I was struggling with, not jiving with heaven and hell and reincarnation didn't quite feel like something I could wrap my head fully around. That movie really gave me a safe place to be comfortable for Mm -hmm. probably about a decade of my life. I, I was really happy to think that that's what happened when we die. It definitely motivated me to not commit suicide because it doesn't go well for those people. Um, And that's not a bad thing, you know, being motivated to not kill yourself is always great. But I really loved the whole concept of painting your afterlife, um, encountering people, but maybe they don't look the same because Mm -hmm. they now look however they want to look. That makes more sense to me uh, in some ways than the traditional view of heaven. I want to say that at this point, I've abandoned the what dreams may come afterlife image. And I don't feel like I said that that limiting myself to believing in that is really the best way to think about what happens after I die. I'd like it to be a lot more expansive and open. But Mm -hmm. but I really for that time in my life when that movie came out, it really was a huge part of what's shaped my belief system. Yeah, it did open doors for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, and Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, we can't, maybe we'll talk about that when we talk about ghosts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I do like the idea of just going back to that movie because I, I mean, I'm like barely remembering, I really need to watch that movie again because it, I remember it being incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, the idea that living people can reach people who aren't living anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of, you know, shift perspective, even. Yeah. You know. And I, I liked that in that movie, it wasn't a good thing. His need to hold mm-hmm. on to his wife and try to communicate with her was making her more crazy. Right. And he finally let go when he was able to see truly that she could move on if he would let go and just be dead, you know? So I thought that was important. Um, But again, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those movies that talks about the soul being trapped due to dying very suddenly under really traumatic situations. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of great movies 
that being really in my top five movies about afterlife. But you actually, yeah, you actually brought up a really important point too that I think um, has a lot to do with death and our thoughts about death, which is attachment. Mm-hmm. And life and death are all about attachment and detachment, um, mm. and being in the present moment and being able to let things go. And I think that again with death, I think that it were we're really. But I've had a lot of people that were close to me die, mm. and um, I think my perspective has shifted a lot over over the years and through each loss um and I think I'm definitely more I used to be very attached to it and very nostalgic about people and and now I really am learning more to that it's healthier for me to let go and not only to let go but to really like honor those people and like but honor them in the sense that like they gave me so many gifts in life Mm -hmm. Um, that I live on with and, um, that I will, you know, other people will see through me. Um, but I think less about, well, what if we meet again in a physical type way, like in a heaven type Mm -hmm. way, I'm less concerned about that and more just grateful and appreciative that I had the time with them that I did that, and that like, you know, I experience my relationship with them in things that come out in me every day. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm with you on that. And I've been very fortunate not to lose someone very close to me in an incredibly tragic and sudden way. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think that's why so many movies deals with this topic. Because yeah. that is traumatic. When my grandparents passed, they were advanced in age. Their health was deteriorating they died peacefully surrounded by family you know they had lived good lives nobody had any regrets mm-hmm. I don't think they had any regrets that they hadn't done anything and so it was a beautiful thing in fact and it was a merciful thing for my grandmother even that she she was able to pass because she didn't look happy yeah. anymore you know and so I can imagine that the need for there to be a heaven, a rekindling with loved ones is very, very necessary mm-hmm. if you've lost someone very close to you. And I bet I would have very different beliefs or I would have very different hopes, you know, because now I, I can say, oh, I hope that maybe that's something that happens, but I'm not committed to needing it to happen. That would probably be very different if, say, one of my children died very young in a, in a traumatic way. Absolutely. I would absolutely want to see them again and need to hug them and them look like themselves you know so um, totally I I mean we can only go from our own experiences you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean like hopefully nothing like that will ever happen um and like I can't even fathom what that would be like but yeah I mean and I guess too like another thing is that I feel more like the people I've lost really are it's gonna sound like really cheesy but like I really do feel like they're with me all the time Mm -hmm. um and so there's not this like great like I miss being able to have a conversation with them but there's not this Mm -hmm. great need to physically be in a room with them again someday hopefully in this far off place because I feel like well, if we do just go into the universe and become little particles in the universe, I feel like they're already particles that are surrounding me every day. So mm-hmm. it just becomes more of that. And then we get to go everywhere and see all the things and be all the things. Yeah. Um, and again, I think this goes back to that limiting, like yeah. maybe it's something so much more where you are with them, but I, and, and you feel them, but here's where I get really hung up. Mm-hmm. Does our soul, does our energy mm-hmm. have consciousness? Does it have memory? You mean of memories? Is that what you mean? Like, are we yeah. still the people that we were? Are you, are you still Kelly? Okay, so here's what after I think. You die. <laughs> I think that, okay, here's where I'm going to shock you here. I don't okay. know. 
<laughs> ask me in 112 years. Um, okay. That said, just thinking about it right this moment when you said that, I do think that it makes sense to me that our little energy particles have the perspective Hmm. of the person that we are now interesting because if we do believe in any way in things like reincarnation or karma then in Mm -hmm. order to to move forward through that and to progress in some way we had to have learned we have to have learned something right so Mm -hmm. if we don't have any recollection or any um perspective of anything that we've learned while we were, while we're here, then that doesn't make sense. So, so I have a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you believe that, do you believe that you can remember past lives? You hear about people being yes. hypnotized or having totally. visions. And, okay. So I am lukewarm on that one. I don't know if I have an opinion. Um, Again, because I've got that, I need to be proven. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why right now. Okay. Because I've seen this television show called The Ghost Inside My Child. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. That sounds so creepy. It is so creepy. But I'll tell you something. Please don't watch. It's it's such a good show. It's so good. And it's like, it's all about, um, like, kids who have, like, really, really... Um, detailed memories of their previous mm. lives. Yeah. I mean, detailed wow. in the sense that like their parents are doing research and looking up. I mean, these kids are talking about like, oh, I was in this type of plane. This is the kind of plane that I, you know, would, you know, what do you, I was going to say they can drive around in. <laughs> I used to drive around in this kind of plane. Um, and I mean, like kids who would talk about like, just really specific stuff, but not, okay. You know how, like a lot of times when we talk about people who say that they've been reincarnated and they're always like, you know, a queen or something. Cleopatra. You know? Always. Cleopatra. How is that possible so, that everybody so a lot of these, was Cleopatra? Like a lot of these kids on this show are just like everyday people, but they're everyday people. You yeah. can look up like one of these kids was this guy who like, got run over by a train or something. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, just everyday people. And some of them are like writers. One of them was, um, one of them they think was like a writer or producer or something on Gone with the Wind, like Metro Goldwyn Mayer, Mm -hmm. like one of those guys. Mm -hmm. Um, and the kid like remembered all this stuff and like, I don't, that, I mean, I've actually read a lot of past life books and articles and things like that because I just find it really intriguing. Um, mm. But that show convinced me. I, I whoever if that's if it, that show is not real, then whoever wrote it is a great writer. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it. I think and kind of get the sense because I can't just tell from you telling me about it. I can't. Yeah, you have get the to check sense it out. of whether it's, it's on Amazon for me. Because sometimes things for you, I notice um, that that to you feel like really true, I will feel very skeptical mm-hmm. of. So, um, but Kelly, I just had this sudden memory come to me. I had no intention or thought about this prior to you telling me the story. And I have to share okay. this right now. I'm ready. Okay. So it, the only experience I've ever had, and you know, I feel like I've got to have some experience directly just seeing it on a show is not enough, mm. but I did have one experience where I thought maybe I was talking to a reincarnated spirit what? or a past life spirit. Yes. And it was a powerful moment and scary. Wait, I need for you to tell me more. Okay. So 15 years ago, I was pregnant with my oldest child mm-hmm. and her father came over to visit one night. I li- we didn't live at the- together at the time. He came over to visit and he was clearly not himself. Mm-hmm. He almost looked like in a trance. And I was very concerned because he had just driven to my house and I didn't understand what was wrong. 
Um, and so I quickly, you know, escorted him to my room so my grandparents wouldn't see him because uh, he did, you know, he just didn't look right. Mm-hmm. And he was talking fluent German. I had been dating this guy for several years. I am 100% sure he had did not speak German. He certainly wasn't the type to be fluent in a language and not let everybody know that. So he was speaking fluent German and it was clear what he was trying to convey to me was that he was a a child and he was alone and scared. And my sense of the situation and what I felt is that he was from the Holocaust. And I, I wish I could remember this better. Again, this was a long time ago and something I just honestly don't think mm-hmm. about. But in that moment, he was not that person that I knew him as. He was 100% somebody else. Now, whether that was some sort of possession by a demon or uh, a spirit I don't know he played a lot with dark magic and he opened himself up to a lot of other worlds and entities and and spiritual type things that were not good Mm -hmm. things so it's very possible that there could have been some dark magic situation going on there but my sense in the moment was that he was regressing into a previous life where he had been a young German child possibly in the holocaust or some other situation where he was very scared and he was alone and the episode lasted for about a half an hour or so and then he just snapped out of it and had no memory at all of anything that had just happened he didn't even seem to recall how he had gotten to my house and that wasn't a normal thing for him he wasn't the kind of person that played pranks or did stuff like that so you know again I being there in that moment it felt a hundred percent real to me I I did not get any feelings that he was trying to put me on or trick me I don't know what purpose that would have even served Mm -hmm. um you know, but that was my, my experience is that he was somehow regressing into a past life, whatever it was, it was very powerful and very scary. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and I mean, I will say too, like, I think all of these things are really interesting things to think about and to have conversations about with people, because, you know, Mm -hmm. what can it hurt? You know, I remember having a conversation once with someone and, you know, I was talking about, oh, well, what do you think happens after you die? And I just wanted to have a conversation about it to like kind of, you know, talk about my thoughts and maybe get somebody else's perspective. And they Mm -hmm. were like, I I don't talk about those things. I can't talk about those things. (laughs) I'm like, wow. "Wow." Like I, 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 I don't, I can't imagine being that like scared or, you know, I don't want to be in that place um, where I'm not open to Mm -hmm. things. Um, But I do think that these things are fun to talk about. And, you know, even with the reincarnation thing is that it's very interesting. And I would love to speak to someone who has been like um, done one of those regression sessions, like with hypnosis or Mm -hmm. something. Um, I really want to hear about it because I've read a lot about people doing that. Um, And I guess it's one of those things where, it doesn't really click with you unless it's happened to you. Um, but I do think mm-hmm. that there are things that we can learn from it, even if we don't take it so seriously into like religious beliefs or like, you know, our core belief yeah. system, just the idea that maybe we mm-hmm. were maybe just toying with the idea of patterns. Cause we all know that we have patterns mm-hmm. in our life now. Well, what if we've had patterns for multiple lifetimes and we're trying to work those out? The, yeah. Then it seems bigger and it seems like, oh, this is like a part of the big picture. Maybe I should really figure this stuff out. Because I do think that if we mm-hmm. talk about things like reincarnation, then there's a real sense of like for me, because I went through a period where I was totally like, yep, that's what happens. And now I'm like, yeah, that could happen. It could be one of the many things that happens. You know, it's not my core belief. But when I was thinking that, the main thing was, well, I better get it right because I don't want to be reincarnated. I want to reach nirvana or whatever and like be all into the ether, which is what I believe happens now, and not have to worry about like, you know, living some potentially horrid life and, you know, the next one. 
So, mm-hmm. I mean, it really yeah. does. Or even just thinking, well, we were reincarnated and maybe we have these patterns and we're with these people because, you know, we have the friend circle we have because we've always been with the same friend circle and maybe they were our parents mm-hmm. or not. You know, it's. Yeah. Like when you meet that person, you feel like you've mm-hmm. known your whole life or that you feel like you've met before. Which is- and you can't explain oh why. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we are doing so many segues here. Sorry, folks. This is going to be the longest episode <laughs> ever, but I will say that happened to me. I mean, that happens, you know, but mm-hmm. I was meeting. Okay. When I lived in San Diego, I was meeting some friends out for dinner and a coworker. And I wasn't really good friends with any of these people. Like we just worked together and, you know, we weren't even like best friends at work or anything, but she brought along one of her friends my coworker did. And I saw this girl and we like our eyes locked and it was like, I feel like it was a situation. Like if you were like, love it for sighting someone, but I, but we both like instantly felt like we had known each other before. Like the whole night we were like, where do we know each other from? Like we have to know it It was so so bizarre. Yeah. I've had um, that too. Like it was just, yeah. and it wasn't, it was weird too, because I instantly felt that the moment I saw her, I felt like I had known her forever. I felt like we were best friends. I felt like we had an entire history, but it wasn't just me that she actually said something to me about it before I said something to her. You know, she was like, do we know, we know each other, right? Don't we know it? And it was so, so weird. And I've, I haven't, I never saw her after that. Um, but <sighs> You know, oh it gosh. was just such a, it was such a strange situation. And I've certainly met people um, in my adulthood that like I clicked with really quickly. And I think part of that is, is just that, you know, I know who I am more than I used to when I was younger. And so I attract people that, you know, are going to, um, I attract my tribe really more than I used to, mm-hmm. but, you know, I've definitely had conversations with people or I have friends now that, you know, we clicked so well immediately that I felt like, oh, we, this must, this must be more than just a, this lifetime journey for us. Um, it's yeah. very interesting yeah. to, to think about all of these things. I do want to talk about this, this eighth non-religious afterlife theory thing, though, since I said that there were eight and we might have some really OCD people out there who might be counting them. Um, <laughs> so we've they? already talked about this, but the last one is that after death comes eternal nothingness. So that one's the worst one for me. If I get to choose, I choose not Mm -hmm. that one. That's so depressing to think that it's all just over, that there isn't some greater purpose. And I think that's why I really like reincarnation, Mm -hmm. because I like the idea that I'm working for you know, like a mini goal in this life that's working towards a larger goal that really jives with how I achieve things Mm. in life. There's little goals and there's bigger goals and the little goals are important to the bigger goals. And so, you know, being a good person in this life and doing, you know, good things in this life are important to the bigger picture of um, reaching enlightenment. And that makes me happy and gives me a reason to wake up in the morning and go throughout my day. Thinking there's nothingness at the end, I'm like, well, I might as well just lay in bed and eat chocolate and watch. Well, no, you'd want to really, really live your life because this is it. This is all you've got and life is short. But maybe life, there's no yeah. point. I don't know. I think I get I mean, to the place when I think there's nothing and there's no see, big picture. I think for me, I get lazy. Yeah, I can understand that. I will say that... Um, I have definitely, I remember being much younger and thinking, I think like when I, when we used to go to church and we talked about heaven all the time, like, I think it was terrifying to me at times, the idea that like you die and then you like get put in a casket or whatever happens. And then you wake up and you're like, it's like never, it never ends. It's never going to end. Like it's, mm. it happens forever and ever and ever. And you never just get to go to sleep. Like, um, that's been terrifying to me before. So like, uh, the nothingness before has been, um, comforting in some ways to me. Um, so, I mean, I flip, I don't really, 
to be honest, I don't really think that much about death. I do think a lot about, um, I don't think about death in itself. I think a lot about, um, turning into everything or like the energy part, because I Mm. think that the energy part, Mm -hmm. as you were talking about reincarnation and motivation, I do think that the idea of, of being one with everyone else and like being a part of the same thing and like the ripple effect of what you do affecting everything. Um, that is a part of my everyday life. I try to make that a part of my everyday Mm -hmm. life and how I live in the world and how I go about my existence. Um, because I really, I genuinely do believe that something that we do affects, you know, someone millions of miles away. Are there millions of miles? Uh, lots of miles in the next universe yeah i mean i I just i think it all trickles out you know um and so i think that that is is an important way to think about life no matter what happens after you die Mm -hmm. and you know kelly i don't think any podcast or conversation between the two of us about what happens when you die could be complete without sharing our near-death experience when we were teenagers because that has a very powerful message wait to me. are we do we have the same the, and, the um whitewater rafting thing okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like i haven't well, even I, thought about that in so long that said every single time anyone mentions whitewater rafting i'm like nope because that that I'm, i nope <laughs> i'll die done but but I don't know if we talked about this at the time, but I know we mm-hmm. talked about it years later. And I remember being very surprised that you had the exact same experience as I did. And I don't recall knowing that art prior to that conversation. So just mm-hmm. to back up here. So when we were in what mm-hmm. middle school, we went whitewater rafting mm-hmm. with our church and it was really difficult rapid that we were in no way qualified to be. Our instructor had never gone doing. down that that thing before and it was it was like flooded or something so that they couldn't see the rocks that you normally would be able to see and then they're like oh let's just go yeah not a good idea yeah and we had no strong people in our boat to help move us in the right direction to get to the right lineup to go down these waterfalls so we flipped in our raft Mm -hmm. multiple times that day and um, I, I was actually convinced that I was going to die mm-hmm. at 13 on this river. Um, and I remember us getting to the last mm-hmm. rapid and we're looking down this waterfall and, you know, I'm like, there's this no way, guys, let's just walk down. But we get outvoted or whatever. And they say, you know. And there's like literally Don't a sign that's this. like yeah. seven people. There's like little people like right here. Tumbling. There's literally a sign that says people have yeah. died. Like we're going to die. Have you seen yeah. our performance? You know, and this is the worst one. So, okay. So we line up, we're getting there and I'm like, you know, giving it my all trying to paddle and we hit the rock exactly the wrong way. We're flying through the air, you know, raft. I mean, I remember somebody later saying it was the most graceful raft flipping they'd ever only, seen. Because I think we I can only it. laugh about this now because I know that never in my entire life will I ever again go I want rafting. I have gone I water rafting since then. Um, and I, and I, I've never flipped any time before or since a whitewater raft that was literally the worst trip ever so we we f- were flying mm-hmm. through the air we hit the water the raft comes on down on yeah. top of our head yeah and we're trapped under the water and neither of us can get mm-hmm. out from under the raft and um and i and i realized i was gonna die i could not find it no, everywhere i looked yep. there was just raft it just didn't seem any way to, yep. to get free. And a complete peace came over mm-hmm. my body. I was a hundred percent at peace and, and okay that this was my time to go. And I remember you yep. telling me that that exact sensation had happened to you too. And that tells me there's got to be something else. If there was nothing else, if my soul and my body truly believed there was nothing else, I think I would have panicked 
and gone and, and, and fought because it's mm. all I would have to fight for. But that's not, that wasn't my yeah. reaction at 13. My reaction was to relax. And that probably yeah. saved my life, yes. actually. You know, I relaxed and then suddenly my mm-hmm. head popped up out of the water. There you were a moment later. We've survived. People are cheering. You know, yeah. And that's, the, that's it. But, uh, but anyway, that's the closest I think I've come to, to death. Where you where knew I really that, that, felt like, that, that death is imminent, potentially. I've heard other people mm-hmm. uh, talk about that, too. So I know we're not the only two people that had that experience. Actually, the boyfriend I was telling you about had the reincarnation mm-hmm. episode. Uh, he was a whitewater rafting guide, and he had a very similar, almost identical experience as we did. And he told me that story and I'd never told him my story. I mean, are we learning about death or are we learning about whitewater rafting here? I think what we're learning is maybe just don't ever go whitewater rafting. Well, whitewater rafting (laughs) could potentially lead to your death. It probably will. But (laughs) But you'll feel very peaceful about it. It is a dangerous. It's very dangerous. But yes, dying in the water is a peaceful way to go is what we know. Yeah. Uh, But anyway, but yeah, so I want to share that because that does give me the feeling that there is something after and it's good and and when you face it you do feel at peace so that's how i wanted to uh sort of end my right my thoughts on this uh, topic today next week i guess um oh and i wanted to say too well you know i'll talk about that next week because i was gonna say you know this really this is where we go uh uh-huh and then where do ghosts fit into this picture so next yeah. week, yeah, because they're they're, right they're on the they're right there. The cusp. We we're just the cusp of intentionally ghosts. didn't talk about them. We're, don't worry, ghosts, <laughs> because we want to say you're the coming. Ghost talk we're waiting for, for you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yes. I guess we should. I think that what's really important is we shout out again. Please, please, please give us your ghost stories. We want to hear them. Um, send them yes. in. We do have a a voicemail voice message thing on the anchor site and you do have to sign up for anchor that said once you sign up for anchor it will then tell us who you are so you're you know you're not a crazy person but then more importantly it will tell you if we have put your voice message into one of our podcasts um, it will inform you of that. So that's really Ooh. cool. So that's a really cool way. You can also, you know, email us at tell me something real podcast at gmail.com and um, tell us your story and we can read it on the podcast. Or you can even set up a time to come be on the podcast. Um, yeah. So yeah. like, thanks flexible. for hanging out with us again. We really hope that this conversation has opened your mind to things that maybe you haven't thought about before and that you'll be inspired to go have conversations with people about topics that might be overwhelming or scary or taboo. Yeah. So Talk we will see it. you next week. Yes. And keep it real. Have a great week. <laughs>